talked a lot this summer about the question marks around the Chicago Bulls young core. On today's episode, we're just going to have a fun one. I'm going to talk about which member of the Chicago Bulls young core is going to be the first to go. Which one do we think is the most expendable? We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, holding it down for, I guess, my goddamn self, because I'm the only host on this show. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. Uh, that we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And I just want to have a fun conversation with this. I guess it's fun. It could be looked as not fun. It could be looked as, honestly, pretty goddamn downright uh, depressing, depending on how you want to view the outlook of the future assets of the Chicago Bulls team. But I've made a lot and talked a lot this summer about the fact that a lot of the, the members of this, the young members of the Chicago Bulls team, I uh, have a lot of question marks around them and how that's helped you know, it well kept the bull ceiling from really increasing much because we just don't know how the young players are going to perform. So I do want to talk about those young players on today's episode and just kind of determine which one may be the most expendable as the Bulls may look to do something at the trade deadline, may not. But like when it's all said and done and this Bulls team, you know, continues and they move into the next wave of players after DeMar and Vooch and Zacher, maybe Zacher gone, right? Who's not going to be around on this roster to see that version and may not make it? to be able to be maybe a more prioritized member of the Chicago Bulls roster. And so first of all, we're going to talk about Patrick Williams here, right? He's the one that, you know, he's he's up for a contract extension this this upcoming offseason. The Bulls are going to uh, definitely extend him a qualifying offer. And where I, while I think it's a far-gone conclusion that this team is absolutely going to sign him and he's going to get a second contract with the Chicago Bulls team, I want to throw the question here. Like, I, no doubt that Patrick Williams has failed to meet the expectations of a lot of Bulls fans. Now, some of those expectations, I think, considering what his role is on this team, can be looked definitely as being a little bit um, over the top, right? Unrealistic expectations. But at the, at the, the fact of the matter is this. Patrick Williams, while has shown tons of flashes, for many Bulls fans still remains to be a question mark on just how good this kid can be, right? Is he going to live up to being a fourth overall pick? And that really still determines on how you look at fourth overall picks. A lot of fourth overall picks don't really amount to superstars in the NBA. You would think top five, they would. But Patrick Williams, you know, being fairly healthy throughout the most part of his career, 71 games played his first season, all 82 last season. He played 17 games the, the injury season where he lost most of that uh, season due to uh, a wrist injury. But over the course of Patrick Williams' career so far, right, he has averaged 9.7 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, one, uh, right under a block per game, and right under a steal per game as well as Patrick Williams. Uh, he's also uh, taken or uh, averaged 7.7 shots per game over his NBA career, which is not a lot of shots, especially for a fourth overall pick, hitting that at a 47% clip, and then 2.6 three-pointers per game over his career, hitting that at a 41% clip, which is really decent clip, even though that volume is pretty damn low. Now, with that said, you have to, many Bulls fans are always asking themselves, the, what's going on with Patrick Williams, right? When will Patrick Williams make that next step, make that leap? When will he turn into that player that we hope to see? And the realistic answer in that is that he'll never turn into that player. That Kawhi Leonard comparisons that some people made or the Paul George or whatever it was, he may never turn into that. And I've even said myself, the main thing that I want to see Patrick Williams turn into is a solid two-way player. I will take a prime Luau Dang, right? Uh, and Patrick Williams turning into that, and depending on how else this roster, one thing that Patrick Williams b brings 
and always one of the benefits is that he really he adds flexibility in how you can build out the rest of your roster, right? Because he can play multiple positions. He can play that three. He can play that four. I think still think he's better at the four position long term with the size and speed, things like that. I think the lack of lateral quickness is as threes get quicker in the NBA and, and more what would be two guards uh, uh, historically move over to being threes. I think that that could hurt Patrick Williams in playing the three. I know not everyone shares that opinion, but realistically, I don't. I just don't see the Bulls moving off Patrick Williams anytime soon. I don't think that he's gonna be the first one gone unless it's like in a in a mega deal, right, for a superstar, and they really want Patrick Williams and they want to bet on that investment. Overall, Patrick Williams, I think, is gonna get a second contract with the Chicago Bulls. But another, the secondary question in that is. Is he going to ever hit those expectations? And I think Patrick Williams is going to be, for the most part of his career, a solid two-way player who is excellent defensively and who does, in moments, is going to show flashes, right? Especially if you can prioritize him in your offense. But we'll see. It's still, We're still waiting on Patrick Williams to hit that next step, right? Next up on it is the player that just got his deal, and that is Kobe White. And Kobe White getting a three-year deal that's reasonable. It's going to be around mid-level exception money for the next three years, which locks him in uh, for uh, through basically most of his prime, uh, it, well, as he's entering that prime with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, I think that Kobe White is the one in this that has shown every single offseason he has added something to his game. And hopefully this season, he's the one that if I'm going to bet on any of the young players taking a leap, 23 years old, he's going to be locked into he's 26. I'm betting on Kobe White to be the one to make that leap. I think he's shown a little bit of it all. He started putting it all together at the end of last season, post-All-Star break. And I think that Kobe White is going to have a big season for the Chicago Bulls. And I can even see him getting a third contract with the Chicago Bulls if he continues. I think Kobe White has shown at the bare minimum he's going to be a change of pace guard who can score and shoot lights out at times, right? If that becomes even more consistent, that, that picture gets even more clear. But what he brings for the Chicago Bulls is a player that you don't have to worry that's coming off the bench. Well, starting, we'll see. He did okay. He didn't start much last season, right? But it, but we'll see. I think that Kobe White, you can always have a spot for Kobe White on your team. I think he's absolutely going to be a long-term part of the Chicago Bulls' future. And I know a lot of fans now agree with that. And keep in mind, two summers ago, most Bulls fans would have told you that Kobe White was the one that was destined to be moved. One of the first big videos I ever had on this channel that blew up was me saying that the Bulls would have been tra crazy to trade Kobe White at that point in time. And that was in the summer of 2021. That, and I remember Bulls fans at that time telling me, hey, is this really what you want to, you really want to set your opinion on this? Kobe White's absolutely being moved. He's going to be gone by February. Now look at him. Getting his second contract with the Chicago Bulls two years later, locked up for three more years. Kobe White, I think, is going to, I think that this team, this front office really likes Kobe White. Now, a lot of these could change too as well. If the front office does change, I don't expect it. Bulls fans, we know that front office is going to be locked in for at least 10, 10 years. But, you know, Kobe White, I think it's safe to say that Kobe White will be around for a long time unless when he hits free agency in three years that he decides to move on and he's just over whatever the, the Chicago Bulls have going on at that time. They'll always be the team that's able to give him the most money, which I think always gives the team a leg up. But, you know, you never know what that. We'll see. Next up in this is I want to talk about Ayo DeSumo. Now, this is one of the more perplexing ones, right? And Ayo, as I've said for a long time, is going to have to fight for a consistent role on the Chicago Bulls team. Billy Donovan usually goes nine deep, right, with a 10th player getting some spot minutes in that. But Billy Donovan has never had, since he's been a Chicago Bull, nine, over nine players averaging double-digit minutes per game 
at the same time, right? So you have, like, last season we technically had over nine players average double-digit minutes, but that was, like, one of those was Goran Dragic, who by the time he came in, Pat Bev came in, and Pat Bev averaged double-digit uh, minutes. So, you know, it's that type of thing. But typically Billy Donovan likes to go nine deep with the 10th player. That's kind of that flex. I would assume was going to have to make the most out of his minutes that he gets early on for it to become a consistent role. And even then, those minutes are going to fluctuate drastically depending on the role, the, the matchup, things like that, unless Iota Sumo comes into next season and really plants his flag on being that defensive beast that he was was yes, yet, yet again. And really, when you look at Iota Sumo's statistics, right, especially last season, 8.6 points per game, right, uh, which was only .2 off from the 8.8 .8 in his rookie year. He also shot the ball 49% from the field last year, 52% in his rookie year, but the biggest dip was the three-point shooting percentage. In both seasons, he took 2.4 three-pointers per game, so the volume didn't change. But in his rookie year, he took he shot the ball at 37.6% and 31.2% last season is what he shot it at. So a dip of 6%, over 6%, right? That is a, a, a big chunk. So if Io can get that shooting back, and I'm not necessarily just saying three-point shooting, but find a way. I do think coming off the bench, if he's able to carve out that role, could benefit because he can be a change of pace, right? Get out in transition. I think that that bench unit is going to do a lot. But Io's going to be struggling to, to get his minutes. I do think the Bulls locked him into a deal because they didn't want to risk, right? They had a mixed bag right now. They had a good season and a so-so season, right? And the biggest question that you have to ask yourself is, what is the proper role for Io DeSumo, right? Some people will say he's not actually a point guard. He's a combo guard that can play point depending on it, but maybe you don't want to rely on him to be your starting point guard. It's up for to Io to define that role for him this season if he's given the opportunity and really come in and make the most of his minutes and hang his hat, whether it be on the defense, whether it be on whatever changements and, uh, changes and adjustments he's made in the offseason. But really, when I look at Io, Io is definitely one of those players that I look at as being on the bubble that could be expendable sooner rather than later, especially with you having Javon Carter and what the Bulls may decide to do with their point guard position in the future, right? I'm not saying for sure. He's from the city of Chicago. I know we all have an affinity for Io, and I would love to see Io really flourish. Thurish. Why am I mixing so many words? Thrive and flourish uh, with the Chicago Bulls um, and turn it into. But I do think that when you look at the depth of the point guard position, um, the fact that I, Io, he did get his contract, right? But it's an easily movable contract. I do think that if a Dale and Terry or somebody who we're going to talk about next really hits that next leap and can play multiple three, two, three positions, then it may start getting into the area of making Io DeSumo uh, expendable. So right now, if I had to bet, it'd probably be Io being the one out of the ones that we've talked about so far becoming expendable first. But I don't think Io is going to go off into the night easily and make that uh, easy decision on anybody, right? Next up, Dalen Terry. And this is the one that is hard to really judge because Dalen, we haven't seen much of any of Dalen Terry. And then Summer League left a lot to be desired for Dalen Terry for sure. But I think overall, when you look at Dalen, you have to also understand that he was a player that the Bulls drafted and understood that he was going to be a project, right? That that shot, it's it's gotten better, still has a lot of work to do, right? Especially the release of it, uh, understanding how to create space for himself. The things that been that Io really, I'm sorry, Io, that Dalen Terry really thrives at is his passing in transition because the half-court passing leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, the defense, he's going to have to hang his hat on and getting out in transition and finishing around the rim. Now, the one thing with Dalen is I do think that because of Dalen's body makeup, uh, his skill set, 
it's going to add it. It can't add much like Patrick Williams, so much versatility in what you do elsewhere because he can fit into theoretically fit into so many different roles. But it, I think Dalen's way, way too young to become expendable anytime soon. I think that they drafted him young. He's just turned 21 years old back in, in July. So he's going to get a second contract with the Chicago Bulls as well, right, is what we know about AK. But we'll, we'll end up seeing if he could be packaged in, in a deal, something like that. But Dalen Terry, the outlook of his future overall, we you can see the raw skills that are there, but it's up to Dalen to refine those. Is he going to get a chance to do it in NBA competition next year? Or is it going to be another year down in the G? That's going to be the biggest question for uh, Dalen Terry coming into this season. Next up, Julian Phillips. Julian Phillips hasn't been here long enough to really even say anything about Julian Phillips. Like, he's not going anywhere. I think that Julian Phillips has one of the highest upsides of any young player on the Chicago Bulls team, and that's including Patrick Williams. When I look at Julian Phillips and what he did in high school and in college, how much, how heralded and how much of a high recruit he was heading into college, Julian Phillips has a high ceiling. But Patrick Williams also had an extremely high ceiling coming into the NBA as well. But when you look at Julian Phillips, he just seems like a player that I, I saw his, his former coach talk on CHGO Bulls and talk about that he does have a, a nature where he does he, he's fine facilitating. He likes setting up guys. And we've seen guys flourish in that, flourish again. Why do I keep trying to make that a word? Flourish in that type of role before. Uh, but I think ultimately with Julian, that that defense that we've, that we've seen, at least on the collegiate level, if that offense gets back to being more like what it was in high school with him being able to stretch the floor some, getting out in transition, blocking shots as well, a little bit of, of rim protection uh, potential there as well, that Julian Phillips is going to make it difficult for the Bulls to move on from. And I don't think they're going to ever, like, well, let me not say ever, but it's no time soon, right? And then you have Justin Lewis as well. Justin Lewis, the undrafted uh, free agent signing by the Chicago Bulls last year. 21 years old. He turns 22 in April. Tore his ACL last year when what would have been his rookie year. Didn't even really get to play any G League games. This is going to be a year where I think the Bulls try to make that examination. Now, I will have to put him more on the expendable side, mainly because he is on a two-way contract. And that those players, much like we've seen with Marco Simonovic, we talked for two years about Marco and saying, well, you know, maybe the Bulls will eventually bring him up. And it never happened. Now, I do hope that the Bulls start using that G League system as more of a way to develop those young players, but you just you don't know for sure if they, if it's going to work that way. So we'll see what happens with Justin Lewis. I think I said Julian Phillips there a couple of times ago, but J Justin Lewis, I think he's going to shine. I think he's going to really show a lot of that 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 two way type player mentality that he has down in the G this season, and we'll see what that means for his long term success. Next up, Ernolop Bidham, and the reason why I'm going to put Ernolop on this list is that yeah, he's a little bit older um, on this uh, list, but I do look at him as a player that the Bulls absolutely are high on. I just don't think that there's a world in which the Bulls bring this guy over. 24 years old, he'll turn 25 in March, right? But And if you make that investment, it's because you believe that he's going to be able to make your roster. I truly do believe that. I think this first season is going to be a way for him to adjust to that NBA game, and that's perfectly fine. I have no issues with that, as long as that he's actually given that opportunity to come over on the at, to the NBA level, because Ernolop, as long as he adapts to the NBA game, there's nothing. And I by nothing, I absolutely mean nothing that he's going to learn, really, from being down in the G League. He's going to look at that level of competition and be like, all right, cool. I got this. But when you calling me up, bro? Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see with Ernolop. And then Adama Sanago. Adama Sanago is a very interesting one. Because I look at it, I look at Sanago and I say, not the same skill set 
But I do say that that's a player that kind of reminds me of Taj, right? Taj was an older player when we drafted him. Adama isn't that old either, but like older player when we drafted him, a player that played in USC and was just damn good at the collegiate level, but people really didn't look at him as the biggest NBA prospect. And I think Adama, with the way, if he, if he can adjust to the NBA game and the speed of the game and find a way, because that shot that he has, it's, lot, it's super slow. He's not really going to get that off on the NBA level. But if he can find a, a, a being a high-level rebounder that can thrive off putbacks, that can get uh, you know to the rim, be used in pick-and-roll half-court uh, offense and defense for that matter, I think Adama Sinago is going to be one that really kind of is able to carve out his role. But I don't know if it's going to be like that high role, right? So we'll end up seeing with that. But overall, you know, in, in doing this exercise, right, and talking about this, as much as I talked about the question marks around the Chicago Bulls' young pieces, right, it really just brought home that, so much of them still have so much potential. They've really barely begun to scratch the surface of their potential. Now, like I said, potential isn't always realized. So just because you have potential to be a high-level player doesn't necessarily mean you will be. But I do think that, I, I guess the biggest question that I ask is that how much longer are the Bulls going to be able to invest in this young talent before they got to make a move? But let me know what you guys think down below. If I had to look at it, I do think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list, you know, Io DeSumo as one of the more expendable um, bull, young Bulls prospects, but that him and Dalen Terry are right there just depends on who hits that ceiling the, the most, and they both are probably still going to likely be around. Justin Lewis is definitely on that list as well. And Adama Sinago, just because you don't quite know if Adama is going to, if, if he's going to be able to adjust to the speed of the NBA. But hey, unlike a player like Kofi Coburn, who didn't even get drafted, got to exhibit 10 Dillons now playing overseas, the Bulls did bring over Adama Sinago. They decided to sign him as an undrafted rookie on night one. And he's going to be down there in the G, and we'll see what he can bring. But let me know what you guys think on the Bulls' young core. Which which player do you think is the most expendable or may become the most expendable as we go forward through this season? Let me know all that down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag episode, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the most... Uh, most we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i liked in every episode on go bulls love you guys see red if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of the break break media, media.